You're listening to the Geek Universe Fandom Podcast. I am your host, Calvin Jones. All hail Megatron. Shut up and sit down. This is the Geek Universe Fandom Podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Jones. This is the show where we talk about all things geeked out and freaked out in the geek multiverse, ladies and gentlemen. So, got a pretty good show for you today, or at least, you know, that's just my opinion. You know, it's going to depend on what y'all think. Right, but I want to talk about um, the boys season two. Okay, so it's been wrapped up for about uh, two weeks now, and uh, I want to do a spoiler review, kind of of. Uh, I honestly, since the show is over, I I was gonna do a spoiler review of uh, episode seven and eight, which you know what? I'm kind of gonna do that, but at the same time, I'm also gonna just cover just all the cool stuff that I liked about this show. And maybe even talk a little bit about where I think the show is going to go moving forward, right? Because I've heard they're already in third season production, all right? So we already know the show is super successful, so they're already starting on getting the third season going, all right? So we're going to talk about that first. Second thing is, you know, um, it's been pretty big on the internet right now, all right? I think it almost broke the damn internet. We're going to be talking about evidence of a live-action Spider-Verse coming, Okay. Because all the stuff is in play, I'm going to give you all the evidence, and I think you're going to be pretty much, if you weren't convinced then, before, then you're going to be convinced afterwards when I give this evidence, all right? I'm going to give you sources every place where you can go. You can Google this, and you're going to get the information, all right? Also, I want to talk a little bit about a great show on, uh, I've been watching this show, and I think it's good, man. This is a, uh, HBO Max has a show. Um, and the thing is, you know, I'm not sure if it's just purely on HBO Max only or if it's on HBO, the cable channel, because, you know, honestly, I don't have cable anymore. But the show is Lovecraft Country. So we're going to talk about that. You know, I'm going to do a little I guess it's going to be kind of a small review slash all the stuff that I thought was really cool about this show and makes it super, super unique. It is definitely not what I expected. And it became so much more. I'm going to be talking about that. Also, that's the third topic. Fourth topic, I'm going to do a little talk about, um, I'm going to be talking about the DCEU versus the MCU as far as the multiverse. There's some crazy, crazy news. And the thing is, I mean, I'm going to go over the pros and cons. I'm going to talk about all that stuff because the next couple of years for both DC and MCU as far as the multiverse goes, yo, I think this is going to get crazy, crazy in a good way. Not that crazy as in, oh my God, um, I'm waking up um, in a bed and it's not my bed and I'm drunk a lot and I passed out and um, wait a minute, what did I do last night? Why is there this weird, you know, picture, you know, why is there this strange writing on my face that says, hey, jerk or something else explicit that I won't get into? Yeah, I'm, I'm flashing back to uh, one of my Marine Corps days where I basically woke up with, uh, let's just say something something was drawn on my face that um, I can't really account for. So I was really, really plastered. All right. So 
yeah, we're we're, we're going to say not not you know we're we're not going to say the NCU or the DCEU. We, you know, it's going to be not that kind of you know crazy night or day or whatever. I think we have some really cool stuff getting ready to happen in the DC MCU. All right, in the DC and MCU moving forward, and we're going to talk about that. All right, and then you know something else I want to do too is um. Yo, 2020 has sucked. I'm just being completely honest. I have hate. This has been one of the most, as far as everyone can probably talk about. You know what's funny? This year is something that everyone's going to be talking about for years to come. Okay? Because it's not every day that most most people never live through a pandemic. So, 2020 has just sucked. All right? And I, I'm going to say this last thing because, you know, I, I doubt. If I'm wrong, okay. But I doubt Wonder Woman 84 is going to be in December 20, you know, I think it's going to be on Christmas day of 2020. I doubt it. Just get yourself prepared right now. It ain't going to happen. I see it in 2021. So, you know, um, but what I did was, um, last topics on B, I made a list of all, and there's some damn good movies coming out for 2021. Yo, <laughs> there's some damn good movies. So I got a list that I put together of the movies I care about. Now you may not agree with this list and look, everybody, there's billions of us on this damn planet. So you're probably not going to agree with my list. I just know that I think we have some very cool stuff to look forward to in 2021 and beyond because 2020 is almost done. And hey, look, I'm, I'm ready to get my shotgun or rifle and take 2020 and put it up at a post somewhere, tie it up and I guess get a, a firing squad and just put it out of its misery for the crimes against humanity, I guess, whatever you want to call it. This damn Rona has been terrible. And I'm not looking, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to 2021. That's all I'm going to say about that. So we're going to talk about all these cool movies. I got a list, my list. It won't be your list, but I got a little list I put together. But let's go ahead and get into this, uh, this first topic, all right? So the boys. Um, yo, this this is going to be spoiler talk. So look, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you, it's been two weeks now. So I'm going for spoilers. If you have not gotten around to watching that, look, you've been warned. I'm going spoiler time, spoiler time, spoiler turf, baby. You've been warned. So all the stuff that I saw in episodes seven and eight, I'm going to go a little bit further. But, you know, just some of the cool stuff that I saw for this um, this season. But especially these last two episodes was uh, the stuff from Queen Maeve was pretty cool. Because the thing is, you know, she and of course, this just makes sense because this is TV. TV. Oh, and you know what? I have to say this too. Uh, you know, I should have mentioned this as well. Look, guys, I live in Texas, and there's no way in hell it's kind of cooling off a little bit, but to me, it's still hot because, well, I mean, to be honest, I'm still a, kind of a fat ass right now. I'm working on losing weight, but until then, I have a lot of fat on my body, so I can't be doing this damn recording and sweating my ass off. So, look, you're probably gonna hear a fan in the background on any of the silences so i'm just giving you a little just fyi you know i don't think it's gonna you know mess up the recording too much but i'm gonna keep on pressing ahead because i can't be in here sweating my ass off i'm, I'm just keeping it 100 but yo i liked queen mave man i think that you know, there's been a lot of character building this season and queen mave was one of them because the thing is you see that she has been haunted since what happened in season one with the whole plane crashing but not only that you just see that you see the reason why she is kind of who she is. You know, she's not a terrible, terrible person, all right? But she's become really, really jaded. She's basically Starlight, except she's been there longer, all right? And the thing is, 
I was really impressed with how she's trying to basically blackmail because um, she knows she's not powerful enough by herself and maybe not even a bunch of people are powerful enough to stop Homefront. I don't know yet. We'll see. But the thing is, she basically had this plan to save herself and all the other people that she cared about because, you know, you know that if you've been watching the show, um, she revealed to her, you know, the, the person that she loved, you know, her girlfriend, that basically anyone she's ever loved ended up dying under mysterious circumstances. So I like that they went into this season really hard with that and especially these last two episodes you know because what happened was you know there was um uh in fact you know I'm, I'm just gonna blend it all together i'm not gonna talk specifically about episode seven and go into eight but you just saw that annie and uh, huey at one point were trying to recruit her and she was like basically get the hell out of my face you know she had basically just had her girlfriend leave her you know she's doing all this stuff t t for her and then she felt rejected and so she's kind of depressed right now and the thing is she's just basically solid you know f uh falling into depression and anguish but then she does something amazing because you know you see that as the show goes on um they end up kidnapping and holding her under arrest um annie's character you know um um annie you know uh, starlight and so what happened was um the lampliner because they took him and you know what's funny too about this show is like it looked like they had a home run, but you know, it's the boys. So the thing is, whenever it looks like there's a home run coming, you know, it's just a matter of time where something terrible is going to happen. Cause you know, they had that, um, that hearing and I'm going to try to make sure to get into that. Cause you know, there's a, uh, that hearing where they were having before Congress, before the, um, Victoria Newman. And you know, what's funny about her character is they did a gender swap that I did not catch until other people started talking about it, but she basically is replacing a Victor Newman in the comics. And he's a character that basically, you know, I'm gonna go a little deep in him here pretty soon, but, um, they were having hearings and they had witnesses. It looked like it was a win. And then I was thinking, this is a win. And it's going to start to get really crazy because now all the truths are getting ready to be revealed. And all of a sudden, bam, there's all these head explosions during this congressional hearing. And when you see what it's all about, that was pretty wild, too. That it, you know, And the thing is, like I said, spoiler talk, right? So you don't want to be warned. I mean, it's two weeks in. It turns out the whole time the person blowing up people's heads was Vict Victoria Newman. So I thought that was super, super interesting. But, um, you know, Queen Maeve, she was doing her thing. And then she actually helped because um, the Lamplighter and uh, Huey had to go basically save because, you know, they came out there and they were talking, you know, about how she was a traitor and, and she was a, tr a, t a domestic terror. You know, they were just saying all this crap that they were saying, right? So he was trying to, you know, Huey convinced Lamplighter to try to do the right thing, right? Because, you know, he pretty much feels guilty for what he did for burning, you know, um, Mallory's kids. So he's trying to redeem himself. And so they went to go save her. And then, you know, you like I said, there's a lot of character building with Queen Maeve. She actually saves Annie because Annie, you know basically the damn black noir yo black noir is a beast man and the funny thing about this show too is black noir the character they go in a totally different direction like i said we're doing spoiler talk right he's not gonna be the clone of homelander like it is in the comics and the thing is you know in the comics homelander shows up he takes over you know the the or basically takes over the white house right does it like a little coup d'etat with him and a bunch of other supers because he's basically feeling himself you know but what it turns out is that 
um, Black Noir, as Annie was, you know, basically trying to escape with Huey, um, you know, she was basically, Black Noir came in there, he was basically handing her, he was about to kill her. Then, of course, Queen Maeve shows up and she gets the best of him, you know, but while he's not paying attention. Because, you know, who knows? He might have been able to hold his own if he, what, if Queen Maeve didn't get a drop on him. Because here's what she did. Like I said, they're not doing a Homelander um, clone thing. Because you see, plain as day, that when she pulled up his mask a little bit, this is a black dude. It's a black dude and he was kind of scarred a little bit. And the scarring probably came from the beginning of the show when, you know, at the beginning of the season where he actually, you know, fought that. Uh, super terrorist dude and he got burned a little bit so it, it looks like his body is still healing from that so you know there there is some you know theories out there that he might be a clone of um um what's old dude's name the character um i'm just gonna say it because i don't like to butcher names uh stan i think stan edgar is his character's name yeah that uh jim caro um Espinizo, I'm I'm butchering his name. Gus from Breaking Bad. That's all I'm gonna say. Gus who from Breaking Bad. You know who Gus is from Breaking Bad. I right, I'm butchering his brother's name. I I know I am. I don't like to butcher names, but that's who some people are speculating that he is the clone of. And there are even some people saying that he, you know, um, Stan Edgar himself might actually be a super himself. But you know, I don't see any evidence of that. But we'll see moving forward. So, I mean, that's pretty much all I got for Queen Maeve. She's basically a good guy. And the thing is, like I said, we're, we're talking spoilers. She shows up at the end against, um, when, when they were basically taking down Stormfront, right? She showed up, and it was her. It was um, Kimiko, a.k.a. The Killer. And also uh, Star Starlight, Annie. They all showed up, and they were whooping Star Stormfront's ass, right? <laughs> but, um... It should be very interesting moving forward because she blackmailed Homelander in the end. And I, I want to see where this is going because there's going to be a point because you're seeing the descent into madness because you saw with Stormfront, she brought out the worst in Homelander where he was basically starting to see himself as, yeah, I'm a god, I'm a badass. You know, why shouldn't I rule the world? I'm the most, you know, I'm the most powerful. So she's getting all this stuff in his ear, right? And you know, the thing is, I mean, you see what she does and how she dies at the end, because basically, um, I, I don't, I personally don't know if she's completely dead. I mean, she's definitely, shit, she's definitely effed up. I'll say that much. But, I mean, she lost her arms, lost her legs, right? <laughs> lost an eye. But that doesn't mean she's dead. We don't know completely what happened. You just see her on the ground, but I don't think it showed her dead, dead. So we don't know yet that she might still be. You know, they might still have something going for her in season three. We don't know yet. We'll see. And they might even play with that angle, like in the comics, how Compound V in people's system can actually resurrect supers. So they might play with that story, too. We'll see. And then there's also the uh, the Becca angle with her son. You know, the, the whole Becca angle for this show was very, very interesting because... I didn't see that coming. So that big reveal at the end of season one where she actually was alive all this time. You know, because if you know the comic, if you do a swap from the comic, you know that she died when the child. Because what happened was, you know, super babies, I guess, basically, they grow a lot faster. So what happened was the butcher woke up one day and saw that the baby had burst out of her stomach alien style. Right. And so he killed the damn thing, and, you know, beat it to death. 
So what happened was her character survived being pregnant by Homelander. I'm not really sure, you know, I can't remember if they mentioned how long she was basically, you know, the gestation period was. If it wasn't nine months, maybe it was um, three or four weeks, three, three or four months. I'm not really sure. But uh, this whole angle with her and her son was very, very interesting, okay? Because of the fact that, you know, it turns out that she was alive all this time. And they kind of played the whole, you know, her being alive. And I, what I really loved and digged about this season was the angle of her and Butcher. And how Butcher has this thing where, you know, you see his relationship with his father. Part of him doesn't want to have children because of he thinks that he's got that evil inside of him that his father had inside of him. And, you know, for anybody who's been in you know, an abusive relationships or whatever with a father or a mother, you know, if you look into some of these people that had those backgrounds. Um, I, I, was, I was watching this documentary about it years ago and um, there was. It was just a show about fathers and sons and mothers and daughters. And basically, there was a person there. There was two people who they had kids. One guy kind of, he loved his son, but he regretted having children because, you know, he had a very lonely life growing up. And he felt like, you know, he's busy, he's working, and he doesn't want to become his father, who he loved his father. But his father was always working, and then, he, you know, he became the same damn thing. You know, he was working so much that he hardly ever saw his son. And he was afraid of his son hating him. And then um, there was also this lady who basically, you know, she said straight up, I don't want to have kids because of how much I basically don't want to become my mother and how I see my mother in myself. And so when you see this relationship, that's basically Butcher's thing is um, he loved his wife, but he was didn't really care much for the kid. I mean, I, you know, it, and I, I kind of like what they're doing with Butcher because the thing is, you, and you have to do this with TV, because if you made Butcher pure evil i mean it's safe to say that he's kind of an evil prick when you see how he is in the comic books towards the end you understand his justification for a lot of stuff he's doing but when you see and i'm telling you if you're not a um if you're not clicked in if you've never read the boys comic i'm telling you become a fan of the comics graphic if you've never been into comic books it's worth it because the storytelling is great there's a lot of humor but it goes deep into the character. I love what Carl Urban is doing as Butcher. But the thing is, to see it revealed that he's basically kind of got a heart of gold, he's not completely evil, right? He loves his wife, but he's done, you know, he, he has his fear of having children and even raising this kid. But the thing is, you see that he's trying to get rid of the kid because he made a deal with Stan Edgar at one point. And that actually happens at the end of the season. So the thing is, to, the way they did Becca and her son, and even the fact that, okay, the son... Um, Homelander, you see this really interesting relationship where he's kind of a dick, but at the same time, even evil dictators around the world in history still love their children, right? And although he is a super narcissist, he's all into himself, his his S don't stink, you know, he thinks he's a god, right? I And this is why I think Anthony Starr is such a great actor, is because I don't think anyone is pure anything, that's just my opinion. You got, well, okay, you know, let, me, let me just shut up. I don't want to say that because Adolf Hitler, all right? You know, I guess Adolf Hitler was pure evil, right? You know, so let me just shut up. But the thing is, I just like that TV is exploring that, right? Because the thing is, you have to explore why Homelander, they did, they did it really well in season one on this. They explored why Homelander was the way he was. And in season two, now it's starting to show his major descent into madness. But you see that he has a son. He's trying to, there's two things that he's trying to do in this season. He's trying to, basically loves Stormfront because he doesn't like being portrayed like there was a part where 
he was trying to give her flowers or whatever and he got angry because he felt like he knew she was lying to him about where she was really going when she was basically going to actually see about the uh, experiments with the uh, adults being given compound V. But you see how he doesn't like being lied to because he was lied to his entire life. But then you see that he has genuine affection for his son. He's not good at all this stuff because he's he's just he's dude. He's he's basically a test tube baby who was grown and then basically raised in a lab. And the thing is, but he he's not completely you know unfathomable. But there's some stuff you see in his show to show that he does kind of care genuinely for his son. And I thought that that was really interesting. Now, um, will they do some kind of... And I don't think they'll do this. Hopefully they won't. I don't want to see them actually do one of these things where they actually redeem him at the end of the series. Because now if they did some kind of like a mini thing where he basically realizes, oh my God, oh my God, I've been led to this direction and I could have been so much more. But then he realizes it doesn't matter and then he has his major final showdown with the boys and then he gets killed at the end. That would be interesting because I don't want him to completely turn from the dark side and then try to do one of these like Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader type deals. They 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 better not do that dumb shit. That that'd be bull, s h i t bullshit. I'm not trying to see that. That's what that would be. And then um, of course you know more stuff. A train, right? I'm not gonna say. I, honestly, I do want them to go a little bit. And the thing is, look, they only did eight episodes. And that's why I really hated the, such a short episode count. They did the best they could. But I do want them to go a little bit deeper with A-Train in season three. Because I felt like you saw the beginnings of how he was really upset. Because they were basically throwing him away like he was garbage, right? Homefront, no, excuse me, Home, Homelander wouldn't even show up for some of his final scenes. You know, because they got this, the, 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 the seven movie they were doing. And then what was really funny about that is while he was doing his scene about where basically they were writing off his character, like, you know, he was basically leaving the seven. So they were doing it in real life, but also doing it in his film. When they did a cut, right, it was it was a stunt double. It wasn't even Homelander. So it's like I thought that was crazy. But it's really wild what they're doing with his character, because I see the beginnings of cool stuff like him going with his cult. Right. That's loosely based on Scientology. And he's like, nah, I'm not down with this cult shit you know I'm, I'm not down with this this seems kind of weird and creepy he's just doing what he can to basically get back into the fold and so i thought it was really cool that he ended up um that was a really crazy scene where he <laughs> shows up right and um huey and starlight are basically in his car and he just basically he's zipping around the city he shows up like, hey how's it going surprised the hell out of him scares the hell out of him more likely and then he gives him some dirt on um stormfront it leaks. They leak the information. And then Stormfront, of course, um, you know, she's freaking out because now she's a, a known Nazi a collaborator and she was a Nazi herself. So that was pretty wild. And then how it all went down, how they had this ultimate confrontation with her. You know, this is where they were basically trying to um, get the child away from Homefront. Oh, I keep saying Homefront. Homelander and Stormfront because they basically kidnapped the child. And lied to him and, you know, took him out in the, in the sky or whatever. I'm not sure if he was in the outer space or whatever. But high up in the sky, showed him the world and showed him that he was in this compound. And so he got mad. But, of course, you know, like kids, kids, they get mad. And, oh, I hate you. I hate you so much. 
you know, kids say crap like that, but of course, you know, all kids at some point say they hate their parents, whatever. Kids can be pretty emotional, but then kids are kids, and then when they get to missing that parent, all of a sudden they change their tune. So I did kind of like the aspect they were going with the son. And um, it's just interesting, man, because, you know, they're trying to, this kid has been raised sheltered with his mom, and I, I kind of loosely was kind of agreeing with Homelander that he shouldn't be completely sheltered from the world that's evil and cruel. He kind of needs to know what the hell is actually out there. But then he steals his son and kidnaps his son from her, you know. So I thought that was interesting. And then there's the, um, that aspect, you know, I'm going to say this too, though, man. They had a missed opportunity with Lamplighter. Because if you know anything about the comics, you know, what happens is they have this confrontation with the boys, right? Because what happened was they basically revealed some stuff to them. I mean, I guess they were letting them know that, hey, we know. And I'm kind of going off from memory. But I think what happened was they let the seven know that we know about your botched, you know, you know, the, 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 in the, you know, in the show, the, 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 the thing where they did, where they tried to, it was uh, Queen Maeve and Homelander tried to save the people in the plane and then let them die because they, you know, Homelander was like, you know, it's over. There's nothing we can do. Who cares? He was completely callous about it, right? Well, they did something like that, of course, in the comic as well. And what they did was they showed that, you know, and you always assume that superheroes, if they have teams or whatever, they're going to be trained, you know, heroes or whatever. That's just the persona they're given on TV. And in these movies and all that stuff. That's what Vault Industries, who is basically contracting these guys, right? And giving them all this money and fame and all that. They give this illusion, but it turns out that they're completely and totally inadequate when it comes down to team stuff. And so what happened was the whole seven was there trying to save the, the, the people on the plane. And what they did was was different about the plane. When, when it was, you know, Car Garth Evans, uh, just give me Garth Ennis is the name. This is the guy that created the uh, the, the boys comic. I liked what he did because what he did was he made it to where 9-11, he, he used actual historic events, right? And so basically in this comic book series, 9-11 was basically the seven trying to stop terrorists. But what happened was they completely butchered it. And so same thing, Homelander decides to leave. He doesn't care about the people in the plane. And then the plane crashes into, um, instead of the Twin Towers, it crashes into the, uh, um, the Brooklyn Bridge, I think is what it was. And so the thing about it is, this is one of those things where Lamplighter in the comic books, he didn't like that they were basically coming to this truce because they were going to expose the world. They were going to expose all this information on the seven to the world. And so Lamplighter didn't like that. And so he went and, of course, just like in the uh, show, right? He didn't like being blackmailed. So he went and, you know, burned down Mallory's house, right? Very heroic of him, right? And then what happens is, you know, they make a truce. And they actually give lamplighter to the boys, and they basically blow him away. And but but of course, you know, in the comic book, he's like this zombie thing because something about Compound V. When a person dies, I can't remember if they just completely resurrect because of the Compound V in their system. But what happens is they literally are a, there's not, not a brain activity, so they're like basically dead. You know, the Compound V kind of revives the body and heals the body. But what happens is you have a basically a zombie dumb person in front of you. So that did not happen in the show. I'm not even sure if that's the direction they're going to end up going in the uh, the show at some point in season three and beyond. But um, I just felt like there was a missed opportunity with Lamplighter in this season because he was only here for one season. I mean, and then you see how they kill his character off because, you know, basically, you know, he went with 
Huey to go save um, Annie in the um, Vault Industries tower, he sees that his statue has been removed, and so he burns himself alive. And it's like, what? What? I I felt like that was such a missed opportunity. That was that was such a missed opportunity, you know. But you know, overall with this season, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty psyched with it. I will say this, though. There was hints, and I've mentioned this in one of the other shows before. There are hints that they might be doing this thing with um, Mother's Milk. Because I didn't, I felt like he was underutilized in this show. He's just basically playing this role where everyone else is getting tidbits of who they are. And they're working on it because, you know, this is the second season. You're going to probably see a lot more of him as far as his backstory in season three. Because it kind of revealed his backstory that's very similar in the comics. Basically, the reason why he doesn't like supers or vault industries is because of what happened to his family. You know, it basically explained that his father um, and his mother, you know, basically uh, the mother was exposed to, um, you know, vault industries, compound V. I think, uh, I can't remember if it mentioned they had a, he had a brother as well, but his brother was, you know, exposed to compound V and ended up dying. And so what happened was his father dropped dead, had a heart attack as he was getting close to, you know, winning a lawsuit against them. And so you see his reason for that, why he's, you know, against Vault Industries. But then there's a thing where Mother's Milk, he loosely, very, there's one point if you pay attention where he mentions that he's afraid his daughter is going to inherit something that he has. In other words, they're not playing around with this because, like I said, spoilers, right? Mother's Milk is a super. In fact, one thing about this show that I haven't seen is um, they use Compound V themselves to take on supers in the comic book because they wouldn't be able to stop these guys without, you know, going head to head with them without having some kind of a advantage by taking the Compound V themselves. They're actually going by that and they're showing that in the show because, you know, the experimentation with adults. But they don't actually do that with um, where the other boys actually are shown to be using Compound V. But we could see something moving forward where they might do that in Season 3. I mean, I'm not really sure yet. But, um, I mean, for what I saw, I mean, it's kind of alluding to Mother's Milk possibly being a super himself. You know? So I think that could be something they play around with. We'll see. Because if they do that for season three and it becomes a major character because of the fact that, you know, you know that the butcher hates supers. You know, he kind of doesn't completely hate the kid. You know, he's not a complete monster, but he does have a thing where he doesn't like supers, right? So if he finds out that one of his boys, his good buddy, Mother's Milk, actually has been a super this whole time and was keeping it secret. Um, or maybe it's one of those situations where Mallory knew about it and she kept a secret from the group. We don't know because, you know, he kills... His powers activate into adulthood. He's basically a special forces army guy, and he was on the boxing team. And what happens is during a match, Mother's Milk punches the guy's head off by accident, you know? So he got recruited from the brig to Mallory's, the boys' team, you know, before Butcher completely took over himself after Mallory left. So I think it should be very interesting where they go with this show because, you know, um, the Seven is still around. Um, Looks like they won because, you know, the kid... Um, the Stormfront was killed, right? The kid actually laser-eyed her, <laughs> which was interesting, which shows that this damn kid is super powerful himself. So hopefully the right people teach him how to use his powers and abilities because the government kind of, you know, Butcher gave the 
kid to the government so they could hide the kid from Homelander. You know, it's basically kind of a negotiating thing. They want to keep him away from a monster because they see how powerful he is because of what he did. And so if he's got Homelander as his daddy and his daddy's actually influenced him, yeah, that's not going to work. So I think that should be very interesting moving forward, right? I, I, I will be really surprised with what they do with the kid. But then there's this Victoria Newman, the congresswoman. You know, I'm, I'm going to talk about this because here's something I never caught. I didn't catch this because, you know, I've, I've, it's been a minute since I read the comic, right? But Victoria Newman was basically, you know, they did a gender swap for Victor Newman. Victor Newman in the comic book is basically a guy who was a part of Vault Industries. And what happened was there was a scene where, now I'm not sure if this is the same character, but, you know, Vault Industries experimented with Comtown V. And what happened was they screwed around and something went wrong. They had some supers in combat. One of them was flying around. And what happened was he accidentally led the Nazis to their you know position of the Allies. And what happened was there was a massacre. And Victor Newman at one point was shot in the head. But the thing is, I think they used Compound V to revive him. And what happened is he has brain damage because his character always comes across as looking just dumb. He doesn't really talk all that much. And so what they're doing is... They de facto have been using him to gain power in politics because he's a former, in the comic books, he's vice president and he actually becomes president. He can barely talk, but what happens is they're using him to get political influence and he eventually becomes the president. So he's the former CEO of Vault Industries. Now, I'm not really sure if she is involved in Vault. Um, you know, she's a congresswoman, so I'm not really sure if she was involved in the past. But I know she was a part, I guess, because you see how she would loosely, at the end, it's revealed that she was a part of that uh, um, that religious cult, okay? And it also revealed that she was the person, she's a super, and she's the one exploding heads, which that was an interesting reveal, and it should be really interesting to see what she does moving forward. Because obviously, if she's in politics, she's trying to get some political power, and honestly, she's just doing a gender swap, right? So who's to say that, you know, this... Honestly, these next couple of seasons, what if she actually tries to still run for president? She's in Congress right now, but what if that leads to maybe her running for the presidency in season four or five? You know, you don't want to make it too quick, but, you know, maybe they do something like that moving forward. And it's really interesting that Huey, he's trying to be a regular guy, so the boys have disbanded, or at least this iteration of the boys, because, you know, the butcher was offered, you know, a new... I guess because um, what they have is they're going to get more funding to actually do some kind of new version of the boys to keep an eye on supers, which I thought was interesting. But what kind of stuff is she going to do behind the scenes, man? Because she has this power that nobody knows about, and she kind of killed the one person that knew. And this is the guy that was a, the leader of that cult, that uh, church or whatever, that uh, the collective, I think it was what it was called. And so I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, but... um. Yeah, man, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I, this second season, this was a hit for Amazon, man. This was a serious, serious hit for Amazon because, I mean, I'm moving forward. You know, it's funny is I see other people's reviews and everything, and there were times where, yes, I kind of agree with some of the stuff they were saying, but ultimately, I can't think of a time where I never didn't, didn't you know, I didn't like every aspect of certain things. But I did, for the most part, was still just hooked on this show. I mean, I, I can't think of any time where I just, you know, this show was just a winner to me. Every eight episodes, all eight of them, I just was hooked. Maybe there was parts here and there I didn't like, but for the most part, the show was always fast-paced. So anything I didn't like, bam, just 
you know, give it a little time, and then they were back on it. So even though it was small stuff here and there, like some of the Annie stuff, Annie and Huey stuff was eh, a little bit annoying, but not so much because it's kind of cool. They still care for each other. Then there's the Huey. This, I wasn't so much annoyed with this, but sometimes, you know, this whole obvious, okay, so the butcher doesn't like Annie because she's a super. But the thing is, dude, she's an asset. She's helping you. So don't be a complete and total jerk. But, you know, yeah, other than that, I mean, honestly, this show is pretty, it's a hit, man. I mean, it's so much of a hit that they're already doing a spinoff for the characters that we saw that were in that, um, that were basically held hostage and experimented on and were given Compound V as adults. That show is, uh, there's some other new show. I'm not sure if it has something to do with them, but it's definitely some kind of a, a, a spinoff show that's coming. So we're going to get a lot more of the boys moving forward. So the boys and the spinoff show. So I'm super excited, man. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for that, um, all that. So it should be interesting because that was a big reveal that this Victoria Newman chick was actually the person, you know, blowing people up. So... Who's to say that she doesn't have some confrontation in the White House? It's like in the comics where it's her versus Homelander. Because, I don't know, can she blow up his head because he's Homelander? She might hurt him a little bit, but can she kill him? I don't know. We don't, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. But it should be very interesting moving forward. All right, so let me go ahead and do... Uh, all right, this, this, is, this, this was a fun one. This is a fun one because I really, there's so much stuff coming. They're already in post, or, or uh, a pre-production of um, Spider-Man. They're, they're already starting to shoot the, the third MCU Tom, Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. So there's all this evidence that there's probably a multiverse getting ready to happen. All right. So I'm getting ready to talk about it. I'm going to give you all the evidence. I'm going to give you articles where you can go to look this up. And it, we, we about to get this popping. So we, we're going to put on our investigative hats, right? And we're going to reveal some things. So check this out. Alright guys, so let's get into it. Now I got to throw out a little disclaimer. And I got to be completely honest. A lot of this news out here that's coming out is sounding really, really cool and awesome, right? But I got to be honest with you. Before I even get into this news, I was severely disappointed with the fact that if some of the stuff that I'm revealing turns out to be true, which is looking super like it is, I'm a little bit disappointed with Kevin Foggy. I know he that, that, that's sacrilege, right? It's sacrilege. You know, he's our Lord and Savior in the geek sphere, right? But look, I think he was wrong in this direction. They went with Tom Holland Spider-Man because of the fact that, dude, think about this. In the first Homecoming movie, right, Spider-Man was mentored by Tony Stark and what I thought was really annoying about that is that you're taking Spider-Man who has the strength proportion dude truth be told Spider-Man has the ability to whoop Iron Man's ass in my opinion I, I really do believe that because he's got that suit and everything but dude are you kidding me dude Spider-Man is a beast Spider-Man holds back a lot of his power because of the fact that he literally has the abilities. When you see Spider-Man in these movies, you know, fighting a lot of villains or whatever, you need to understand, Spider-Man has the ability, he has the strength of probably five people, right? And so he's always holding back when he's having these damn fist fights. He's got this spider agility. He's got this incredible mind where he's damn there. He, he's a genius. 
He creates his own tools, his own weapons. He created his own spider suit. And what I really hated about this is that they gave him this suit, this how this Iron Man tech is like, dude, what they should have done is kind of like they, what they did in the PS4 Spider-Man video game. They should have had him tinkering with his own stuff and having his own suit that he had that he was working on. This idea that Spider-Man is going to be given something, he's going to be mentored by Iron Man. Dude, no, I, I never liked that. And yeah, they've made money off of these movies and they're going to make some money with this one moving forward. But I got to throw it out there. I've never, ever liked that. Because the thing is we have now, and I'm going to get into it, because it was Tony Stark Jr. All right. Then, you know, it was Nick, Nick Fury Jr., who it turns out was a damn scroll. But still, he was always, he was Nick Fury's in the movie. He didn't know he was a scroll. So then they gave him Nick Fury to be mentored under. And I understand he's a high school student, blah, 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 blah. I don't give a shit. He is not just any high school student. He is a man who is a genius, who has all these abilities, and he's not a regular kid. So I wish moving forward, you know, and honestly, I'm going to say like this, you know, um, they're doing the same damn thing with uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is going to be in this third one as well. So let me go ahead and get into all these clues here in a minute, but I just really find, and I'm going to say this last thing. I personally think this is, they're trying to go out with a bang. They're doing a Spider-Verse, Spider-Man endgame type event because I think Marvel and Sony figured, okay, they almost lost, you know, they, they, they broke, they pretty much, you know, you remember a while back where Tom Holland was saying thanks to the MCU and all the fans because he knew that his Spider-Man, because the negotiations broke down and they were about to take his ass to uh, Sony. He was still going to be Spider-Man, but it was going to be Spider-Man for Sony. So then they worked out, you know, things like, a, what, I think a week or two later. But the thing is, ultimately, when it comes down to it, is that it's limited time. Dude, Spider-Man, Tom Holland is going, I think this is it. This is it. This is the last movie. I think Tom Holland is getting ready to go over to the Venomverse. But when he goes over there, it's going to be the Spider-Verse. Because, I mean, Spider-Man. Spider-Man is more popular. Keep it, keep it real. And there's going to be some probably some crossover stuff later on, but they're going to do a couple of solo films. And then eventually they might do their own little Spider-Verse version of the Avengers or whatever, where they might have Spider-Man and, you know, Venom team up and have some of the other characters. But for a while, I think Sony's done better with the character. I want to see Spider-Man in his own solo movies versus villains. So let me go ahead and get into all the stuff that shows and reveals that we got this Spider-Verse that's definitely a thing, right? And this is where it all came from. You know, I, I, this is a website I like to go to to get information. They got a lot of good stuff. It's Fandom Wire, right? So basically, this is where it all came from. Fandom Wire, and this is Andy Signor. I, I, I'm probably butchering his last name. I'm terrible with names. But uh, Andy Signor, or Signor, Signor, uh, brother, hey, Andy, if you ever happen to come across this, you're a busy guy. I hope you're not offended by this because I'm terrible with names, brother. But I will say this. He broke this exclusive on their website and he's got a, a youtube channel where he goes into a lot of detail a lot of videos he's done about this um on his youtube channel that's a uh, popcorn planet but basically he's the one that broke the scoop that toby mcguire and andrew garfield are they're, they're already signed on this is already a thing right the major trades haven't covered or whatever and he has this you know um he has a scooper someone that doesn't want him to be revealed and that's the way it is but yeah so According to him, this is already a thing. And the thing is, I mean, truth be told, hey, look, we're going to see. 
because if the Hollywood Reporter and some of the bigger trades start to um, come out and say that, it's going to be a big deal. But the thing is, you know, here, here's, you know, you, you can go check this out article out for yourself and read a lot more details, right? But it's crazy because um, without going too crazy into all the major details, you know, I will say this. He talks about in this article and even in his videos, apparently this movie is going to be a lot bigger than we think or if we, we've heard. All right. It's got these three guys in it, these three Spider-Man, right, which is a big deal in itself. But then I'm hearing, you know, because we already know that this is this is confirmed. All the major trades have confirmed this. We already know that, of course, Doctor Strange is going to be in this movie. Okay, he's going to be in a mentorship role uh, for Toby. Excuse me, for Toby McGuire for um, Tom Holland. Which, like I said, you know, I, I hate this because Spider-Man can stand on his own. He does not need any damn mentors. But when you mention that not only Doctor Strange, but here's the thing: this is where it gets really interesting, guys. It's not just the other two actors, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. It's the fact that, dude, Jamie Foxx is coming back into the role of Electro, and now he's doing it for the MCU. A lot of people are saying he probably won't have the blue skin, right? And I'm thinking that makes sense, but here's the thing. Usually, if you're doing some kind of a reboot, a lot of times you don't bring the same actor in to play characters in a different universe. Because this was a part of like the Toby, you know, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Verse, his movies, right? The Amazing Spider-Man 2. He played Electro. Jamie Foxx played Electro. So you got Jamie Foxx coming into the MCU as Electro. Then you got Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. All right. Then you got Doctor Strange. Dude, this is going to be a live action Spider-Verse. And then what's going to happen is they're going out with a bang because they want to make a good quality movie. They want to make as much money as possible. And I think after that, you know, you're going to probably see Tom Holland. He might because they're doing, a, you know, crossovers and multiverse type stuff. He'll probably be in some of the new Avengers type movies moving forward. Right. Whatever new Avengers team they do in the future, next five years, he'll probably be a part of that. But he's going to be doing the solo Spider-Man thing for Sony. I think that's what's going to happen. But um, let me go get some other evidence to show. Because the thing is, you know, they haven't denied this. Let me tell you something. I got some more evidence right here. Entertainment Tonight, right? ET Canada. They specifically, basically, they went to Sony's pictures, right? They went to them and asked them about this, okay? And you can look at this article. All you got to do is type it up in Google. Entertainment, ET Canada, um... And type in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and the article is going to pop up, right? And here's the thing. This is the direct quote. I'm getting ready to read this. Direct quote from what they said. E.T. Okay? So E.T. Canada reached out to Sony Pictures, the studio that owns the movie rights to the Spider-Man movies. In light of the rumors that the former Spider-Men are in talks to join the reigning Spidey. In other words, Tom Holland. Direct quote, those rumored castings are not confirmed, a rep for the studio says. Fans will be, or excuse me, fans will note the statement does not deny the casting buzz. Okay, I will repeat, those rumored castings are not confirmed. Well, it's very simple, guys. They didn't want this to leak, right? And the thing is, okay, if they say it hasn't been confirmed, that's not exactly a no. If it's bull... Then you say, no, 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 of course not. That's not true. That's that's crazy. What are you talking about? Blah, 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 right? They didn't say that. 
they said it hadn't been confirmed, which basically they're saying, okay, they haven't confirmed things with their reps because they're still probably either working on the deal, but chances are they're probably already in there and it's just a few small things. It's a done deal. It's just a small couple of things here and there, but this is most likely a done deal. So that's your evidence right there, man. I mean, it's just one of those things where, look, and, I, and I'm going to put out his YouTube channel again. That's Popcorn Planet. That's Andy Signore. All right, you need to check out. He's got a lot of videos that are awesome. His channel is great. He's got a lot of information on this. But my thing is this. The more and more I've read up and seen different videos and talked about it, and I've even done a video or two of myself about this, uh, the Spider-Verse. At first, I was thinking, you know, I showed the evidence. I didn't like that, you know, Benedict Cumberdack, Dr. Strange was coming because I figured, okay, here we go. Now he's Dr. Strange Jr. But here's the thing. The more and more information that comes out, the more and more excited I am for this. And so, look, man, <laughs> I, look, I I don't completely like it because I felt like they dropped the ball. Spider-Man ha always had some kind of a damn other person that he was playing second tier to, and I hated that. But the more and more I hear about this, the more and more it sounds like this is going to be an awesome movie. As long as they don't completely not you know show that tom holland spider-man is spider-man and he is the man all right they gotta show that definitely the other actors want to get their due and that's cool but i'm also hearing you know another thing too is that this movie's gonna have a lot of villains in it so what i'm thinking is they're gonna do some crossover type stuff that's gonna lead into a um you know um sinister sixth type deal that could be happening for um i don't think it's gonna happen for the mcu it's gonna probably be for just just a movie it could be a multiverse. Of course, it's a multiverse thing if other Spider-Man show up. But what they're doing is they're alluding to all this stuff in the Spider-Man 3 movie, right? And then when Tom Holland Spider-Man goes over to Sony, then they're going to do a crossover where they're going to have, of course, um, yeah, they're going to have their live-action Spider-Verse. And um, you might see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. This might not be a one-off. It'll probably be them showing up every once in a while in other movies. So there you go. Now, I'm not for sure, but it's looking more and more like, and look, the more and more I listen to it and talk to different people and listen to, look, man, it's sounding like it's going to be pretty cool. So I'm I'm kind of slowly, but now I'm kind of on board now. Because keep in mind, guys, I mean, honestly, they're shooting the movie now, and we don't really have, I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of MCU stuff coming for 2021. But 2021 is not going to be all that much for DC. I mean, probably the only thing we're going to see is because, I, like I said, I'm sticking with it. I think that Wonder Woman 84 is going to move to sometime in 2021. That's just my opinion. And if that's the case, I think um, besides the Snyder Cut, which is going to HBO Max and not going to be in theaters, um, that's the only two things that I have to look forward to from Disney or from DC is the Wonder Woman 84. And then also, of course... Um, yeah, the Snyder Cut. But the thing is, other than that, there's not going to be too much um, uh, DC stuff going to be in 2021. A lot of this stuff is going to be, um, um, it's not going to key until 2022 and then beyond. You know, so we got a lot of MCU movie stuff coming. And so, I'm, I mean, we got this WandaVision show coming for Disney+. Plus. We got this um, moonlight show coming we got this wonder uh, miss marvel i mean there's a lot of content coming from uh, the mcu from marvel but you know not too much for dc because you know we're not going to see that until probably uh, of course 2022 
first thing is going to be, I'm thinking, um, of course, the Batman, which comes out in March. And then from there, we got the Flash movie. So I'm, you know, if this Spider movie come, Spider Man, Spider Verse, Spider Man Three movie comes out, then hey, we got a lot of MCU content coming. And so the thing is, you know, as far as DC versus the MCU multiverse, who's gonna win? We're gonna talk about that later on in the show. But hey, man, it looks it looks really good for Marvel because they've got a lot of they've got a huge track record. But then again, you know, hey, man, hey. Wins are wins, and so I think that DC is going to probably bring it. Because me personally, I love Spider-Man, but I just think that as far as the multiverse goes, most of the multiverse stuff is going to be happening on the Doctor Strange end of things. And I mean, when it comes to the Flash or Doctor Strange, I care more about the Flash. I mean, Doctor Strange is okay, and he's got a great actor, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, but... I mean, he's a third-tier character at best. And so he's not Captain America. <laughs> he's not, um, you know, he's definitely not um, Iron Man. So I think the MCU, which is going to hurt them a little bit, moving forward, the MCU is going to be hurting because of the fact that they don't have these two characters, which they don't have them now. I think, and this is just, you know, this is my speculation. I think that what's going to happen is they're going to find a way to bring those characters back at the end of Phase 4 or the beginning of Phase 5 when they have their next big adventures threat level uh, villain, which is my opinion, Kane the Conqueror. So that's pretty much it for this topic. Let's move on to the next one. All right, so we're going to talk about my thoughts on the show Lovecraft Country. All right, they just had their season final. And um, it's, a great sh- it's a great show, so we're going to talk about that now. All right, so let's talk about this Lovecraft Country, okay? So what are my thoughts? I... I'm going to do a little short review on the season. Not really give anything away, but just recommend the show because um, this show was not what I suspected. It was so much more than what I thought it was. Because let me do a little side story, right? So I got a job where I basically have to, um, on the weekends, basically I am doing 16-hour shifts on Saturday and Sunday. Kind of blows a little bit, but it is what it is. And so, in between me doing my job, right, in between me doing that, I have one of those gigs where, look, as long as you're doing your job and you're efficient, look, man, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Yeah, in between doing my job, I'm one of those many people, especially in today's world with all these different jobs, where, you know, corporations take themselves so seriously, um, a couple of them could take this example, and some I've, I've actually seen some places that have done this. But a situation where you basically can just do your job and then just leave you the hell alone. They have a gym area. If they had, you know, if a lot of these places had a place, you know, the ability to just basically goof off as long as you get your work done. Because honestly, you know, the idea of a 40 hour work week is becoming very, very old. Because it doesn't have to be a 48-hour work week anymore because you can get so much done now because of the way these jobs work. Unless it's like a physical labor type deal, you really don't need to do no 40-hour work weeks anymore. But anyway, so I have a job where basically, I don't want to get too off topic or whatever, where basically in between that 16-hour shift while I'm doing my job, I also have the ability to, yeah, I watch some stuff on Netflix, all right? So that's how I came across this show. My, um, I was reading up on just stuff that's recommended and pretty good and then i came across this article that was talking about lovecraft country and the thing is when i got into the show 
it was only on its like sixth episode all right and they only did it like a, you know they just finished up with a 10 episode you know season right the, the final uh just happened and the thing is this is a multi genre show because my thing is from what i saw it just started off where it was about magic but not only that it was black folks dealing with magic and monsters and stuff like that in the deep well i wouldn't say the deep south you know it was all over the country right but the thing is it's during jim crow in the era where you know if you black in fact um 1950s if you're black you know it was not it let me put, let me put it this way if i had a time machine ain't no way in hell i would go any further i would probably just stay in the 80s stay in the 80s and if i did go back in time in certain places i would go where everybody looks like me because if i try to go anywhere else where it's white folks in the 1950s 40s or anything else well you know hey <laughs> i'm gonna get myself in trouble but um look the show isn't what i expected it started off like i mean you're dealing with magic and fantasy right then the show branches off into science fiction of all things right but thing is, it also deals with racism. But the thing is, it becomes even in some parts of the show. Like there's a there is a sequence in one episode. I kid you not, where it reminds me of an episode or a movie. You know, it reminds me of the um the Last Crusades, Indiana Jones movie in certain parts, right? Because they had this magical thing they had to figure out, and if they didn't, you know, I guess they would basically fall over an edge. And so my thing is this. You have very interesting characters, right? Very good actors. I mean, they're all coming from different backgrounds. I mean, you got the brother that plays Omar. Um, I'm not going to just, you know, break this down and go, you know, honestly, I could look it up, but it's got a good cast. They've, you know, even if you don't know their names, you've seen them in a lot of stuff. And so when you got good actors, right? And then on top of that, you got a multi, this is probably, I, I don't think I've seen a show like this in a minute. What's very different about this is the fact that it deals with so many different genres, right? And, I mean, think about this. You're in the Deep South, right? Or you're anywhere else in the country where racism is still a big deal, right? And then on top of that, you're already, as black person, you have to deal with a lot of BS as it is. But then you got to deal with magic. You got to deal with creatures. You got to deal with uh, all this stuff, right? And so my thing is this. This show puts together so many different genres that, look, I'm telling you like now, and some people would say, oh, it's a little hard to follow. Not really, because I'm going to tell you like this. It seems like it's going to be, and here's the thing, it seemed like it was going to be any other type of show, right? Just a regular show dealing with almost racism and, of course, throwing in a little bit of the supernatural, right? I was thinking it was going to be something like kind of like haunted house type deal, right? But the last 20... 10 to 20 minutes of the first episode and i'm telling you right now that's when everything changes so my thing is this guys look they just finished up the show the first season and without trying to give anything away because you know it's one of those things where it's not a real known show and i'm not going to basically spoil it for you i will just say this you don't don't sit on this show because it's a good one it's worth watching and the fact is, when you're talking about a show that deals with, it starts off where you're thinking this is going to be a standard show dealing with racism, right? And then, you know, people living in th that time. And then all of a sudden, it goes into science fiction, magic, um, fantasy, and all that. I I'm telling you, it's worth watching. So, look, short little review. I ain't going to go too long into it. I'm just going to say it's worth watching, all right? Because I don't want to re really... 
this is one of those shows where I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to spoil nothing. I want you to experience this show. It's a good one. Alright. So let me go ahead and start wrapping things up and move forward to something that I'm gonna be in it. I'm gonna be on this topic for a minute. And then uh, the last two topics. You got the uh, DC versus the MCU multiverse. Right? And then we got another topic. The last one on the list is gonna be my top ten for movies I'm looking forward to in 2021 because 2020 has sucked. Alright? And, you know, one of these movies I'm putting on there, like I said, I'm, I'm going to keep on saying it. Either my videos on YouTube or on this show. Look, man, 1 to 184, I will be shocked. And that's why I put it on this list. I will be shocked if Wonder Woman 84 does not move to 2021. I mean, December is right around the, con- uh, the corner. You know, we're getting ready to go into November here pretty soon. You know, it's midway into October. It's the, um, so, hey, look, I doubt... Wonder Woman 84 is going to hit that 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 Christmas. I think it's supposed to come out in Christmas in December, right? I don't see that happening, but I'm going to give my list of my top 20 or my top 10 movies for 2021 that I'm looking forward to. And keep in mind, I got to throw this out there. I doubt you're going to like my list. All right? Some people agree, some people won't because this is my list. And one of these movies on there, you're going to be really shocked that it's on there, but also you're going to see a movie that's not really on there. In fact, I'm going to tie it with something else because, well, I'll just say that. I'm going to get to that. That's going to be the 10th spot. So, all right. Let me go into this a little bit. DC versus the MCU as far as the multiverse. I'm going to give the pros for why I think DC. DC moving forward has a hell of an opportunity because they've already done something that nobody thought would be a billion-dollar movie. All right? Two movies, actually. Aquaman billion dollar movie nobody expected it they expected it to be good i'm quite sure they weren't expecting a billion dollars then on top of that you also had joker joaquin phoenix came in there and he did his little version of the joker right a serious version of the joker where you see what drove him into being you know the nut job that we know and love right and so the thing is here's the funny thing about that joker a lot and this is funny because the, the guys in um responsible with the movie they try to make it say that they're saying that it's not a comic book movie but look man when you're talking about a joker character i don't give a damn what anyone says that is a comic book movie you're dealing with a comic book character you're trying to be a serious take on it but that's okay your serious take but just face fact it is a comic book character period stop trying to you know these hollywood types are funny because sometimes they try to like you know it's like they drink their own damn cult like kool-aid or something but the fact of the story is look man you can't take the joker and say oh well we're gonna make serious okay everybody takes their comic books character serious the mcu and one of the reasons why it's so damn successful is they're trying to give you superheroes based somewhat on if they really existed so they kind of give you a realism to them you know and so um there you go i think that's, a, that's one of the main reasons why the dc the, the mcu is so damn successful is because you know this is a um Disney and Marvel Studios, they took this genre seriously. But, you know, at DC Fandom, this is one of the things where I'm thinking, you know, th- there were so many different announcements that I'm thinking, this is going to give, when we're talking about the multiverse, I mean, when Walter Hamada, the president, comes out and says, look, man, anything that happens in DC, you just assume it's a part of the multiverse moving forward. Do you know how much creative freedom that's giving you? Because keep in mind, Joker is an Elseworlds movie, right? 
there's you know different stuff where they have Bruce Wayne as a child they have his father they have the death of the Waynes right but this is his own little one-off movie but then you know I'm hearing it's I'm hearing it's probably not gonna be a one-off and for some reason they think it's a good idea to actually do a trilogy but I mm, I don't know man I'm kind of on the fence if they can do it well okay but I think that when you come when you come into these one-off Elseworlds properties, I don't think they need more than one movie. But you know, got to keep it real. It's a cash grab. As long as it's done well, I mean, I'll show up. But we got to be honest. This is a cash grab. If they're truly trying to make this happen behind the scenes, they think they can do it, and if they can do it well, I'll give it a shot. But I think that what they can do to make a crapload of money on the side, aside from their DCEU continuity. Have some of these good Elseworlds movies where, like, I'm hearing some stuff about, like, some villains. And I'm probably going to be doing, I will say this. I'm going to be putting together a video of what I think would be cool Elseworlds villain properties here for my YouTube channel. So if you're into all this, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already into this stuff anyways. Go check me out on uh, my YouTube channel. That's the Mr. Jones Speaks. Mr. Jones Speaks, you can go check it out in Google, or excuse me, YouTube. Got some pretty cool videos that are coming, so uh, go ahead and subscribe. Click that up, you know, the bell for updates. You know, check that out, right? And then, um, yeah, man, it's just I think that there's some good stuff that they could do because if you just say multiverse, then that gives you the creative freedom to not do everything connected to the MC, uh, the DC EU. And the thing is, that's pretty cool because of the fact that look, they've got a lot of properties, and if you're embracing the multiverse. I think that moving forward, man, I think DC has an opportunity to really, really, really kick Marvel's ass a little bit. And I'm going to tell you why. Well, first off, you got to look at this. The Flashpoint movie, all right, and this is uh, Andy Muschietti and his wife. She's the executive producer. But with this Flashpoint, you know, and the thing is, I call it Flashpoint. It's not the Flash, it's the Flash movie, but it's going to be very loosely based on the Flashpoint um, comic book series. And the thing is, look, if you don't know what the Flashpoint is, basically, you know, you know about the Flash, Barry Allen. Barry Allen, his father, was framed, you know, basically, they, they said he killed his wife, but it turns out it was the reverse Flash. And so what the Flashpoint is all about is the Flash is what if he went back in time and saved his mom, but then he comes back to the present, loses his powers, and not only that, it changes everything. Now, the fun thing about this is I wonder if they're even going to cover that in the movie, because how the hell could he be the Flash if he doesn't have his powers, you know, so hopefully the whole movie won't be about him, you know, half of the movie he's lost his powers, you know, because I don't, I don't want that element to be in the, in the movie, but it's going to be very loosely based on that, so check this out, without giving away the farm, you know, Andy Muschietti basically said you're going to see a bunch of different characters in this movie, but here's the big two, and this is kind of old news at this point, but to me, this is a game changer, because it changes everything two things number one they said multiverse moving forward anything that happens with you know warner brothers dc type characters right just assume that it's not always going to be connected to the continuity which is cool i'm okay with that the batman coming up with michael uh michael reeves matt reeves that's a batman that's only been around for two years okay i can live with that so you got this version of Batman that's coming. And then, of course, you know, for this Flash movie that's coming in um, 2022, you also have, um, you know, this event where they're going to have the uh, two Batman show up. You know, Ben Affleck is back. We're living in a world where Ben Affleck is back as Batman. 
right? Now, I don't know how long it's going to be, if it's going to be just a small cameo or if it's going to be a larger role. I don't know. Me personally, I'm just taking a guess. I think that with him, but also another big one, Michael Keaton's coming back. And they got big plans for Michael Keaton that they're working on behind the scenes. So my thing is, Andy Muschietti says they got a lot of different characters and this movie's going to kind of do like a little soft reboot. And I'm paraphrasing, but he's saying it's going to reset some things moving forward. Which I think is cool. But also, I think that the multiverse, you know, also some of the stuff with the Snyder Cut coming up, you know, there's some new news with that as well. I think that this is one of those deals where, look, I think moving forward, the Snyder Cut combined with the Flashpoint or Flash movie coming out in 2022, I think this is going to set up some stuff moving forward for DC that's going to be huge. Because the fact is, look at look at all the stuff that's being you know rumored behind the scenes, right? You got two versions of Batman. You got Michael Keaton's Batman coming back, and the thing is, this uh, multiverse deal, right? So he's obviously going to be in his version of, um, I guess, the, what you call the Burton verse. It's another version of the uh, a multiverse where there's Batman, right? He's been around for a long time. He's an older Batman, and so of course for 2022, 2023, you know, around that eight that time frame. They're already talking to Michael Keaton about... We know he's coming back for The Flash, right? He's also... They're talking with him about doing a Batman Beyond movie. And dude, check this out. It would only make sense that if you're going to do a Batman Beyond movie... And this is going to be loosely based on the Burton-verse... Then this is an older Batman who might be training a younger Batman, right? And then on top of that... What I'm hearing is he wants Tim Burton to come back. Michael Keaton wants Tim Burton to come back. But not only that... Okay... Just think of the potential what they got to do, what they're probably going to do moving forward. Because I heard that, you know, just looking at different articles, they're trying to do something where this older version of Batman is coming and becoming like the um, the Nick Fury to the DCEU. But he's the, uh, from a multiverse. So it's looking like somehow his version of Batman comes from his dimension, his multiverse, his Earth, right? And then maybe he somehow is playing a pivotal role where he's kind of mentoring and the thing is you know look i i do have an issue with that because i don't like this whole mentorship of younger characters thing to me that's what the mcu screwed up with uh spider-man is they got this third one coming up and they they, they dropped the ball man because the thing is in every one of these damn movies moving forward in all three of them and i you know spider-man was basically you know he was iron man jr and now he's gonna be uh he was Nick Fury Jr. in the second one, right? And even, I guess, before we found out he was a bad guy, he was uh, Mysterio Jr. But we already knew Mysterio was going to end up being a bad guy. But point is, he always has someone that is there to mentor him. I hate that. Because Spider-Man is cool. Like, like, like that old idea of him crying and whining in the first one, Homecoming. Please, Mrs. Stark. Oh, I need this suit. I'm nothing without it. How in the hell are you nothing without it? You're Spider-Man. And then he's like, I want you to new." Who you are without the suit. Blah, blah, blah. You know, Tony Stark. Bullshit. He is everything without the damn suit. He's Spider-Man, for God's sake. I don't like the fact that they had him... Because the thing is, if they were going... You know, if they went with the technology route, I wish they did something because Spider-Man is a pretty much a genius, right? He builds a lot of his own stuff. So since they're going with the pure Marvel, you know, uh, background where he creates his web shooters instead of them being genetic like in the Tobey Maguire Batman or Spider-Man excuse me well the thing is okay he don't need that he builds all his own stuff including he created his own suit but 
we're going to get into a little bit of that later on. But when you look at it, the fact that Michael Keaton is showing up and he's going to probably do a little bit of mentorship and being the Nick Fury of the DCEU, that's kind of cool. But here's what I hope does still happen. I hope that he's coming from his version of Earth. But at the same time, I hope that this Flashpoint um, movie, this Flash movie is going to be successful enough to where... Also, since Ben Affleck is coming back, I hope that we still have Ben Affleck going to be in the the DCEU. If we can have two Batmans interacting every once in a while and Batman is doing his own thing in solo Batman movies with Ben Affleck. And then also um, having a Justice League project in the future since it's resetting some stuff. I think that'd be pretty cool, man, because they still have Aquaman character by Jason Momoa is still pretty popular. The cyborg character, I mean, if they wanted to put him in other movies or even give him his own solo movie, I think that could work. And so it's just one of those things where I have, in my opinion, because here's the one of the biggest reasons why I think that they have a super disadvantage. Number one, they're embracing the multiverse, right? But number two, look at all this stuff that's coming. And here's what you got to keep an eye on, guys. I mean, look, man, two of the, the, the big two for Marvel are gone. Captain America is gone. I mean, he's still around, but he's an old fart now, right? And then also you have Iron Man is gone. Now, the thing is, I don't think they're gone forever. I think so. They'll, you know, it's, it's comic book movies, so you can find a way to bring them back, you know. But I think personally that they're gone for a while. So because of that, honestly, I don't really look forward to a lot. I mean, I'm not saying I won't show up to the theaters for them, but I'm looking more forward to some of these DC properties because... It's like I'm seeing the direction they're going and how things are looking. And it's like, yo, man, not only that, the fact that you know that they're developing Elseworlds properties that they're going to be releasing on the side of some of their DCEU projects. Dude, that's a win because it creatively allows them to do origin stories and other movies and other stuff. Like what if they I mean, think about this, just give you a couple of ideas. What if they decided to do a Lex Luthor origins movie? Dude, there's a lot of stuff about Luther's background that they could work with that I would love to see. Because the thing is, you know, what if he meets, you know, kind of like in Smallville. He meets a younger Clark Kent, right? But then, you know, they fall, you know, f fall off a little bit, you know, as far as their friendship. And then, of course, you know, he has parents. But, you know, if you know Lex Luthor's backstory, he killed his parents to get his uh, fortune, their fortune. And then he started LexCorp. So you can go into all that stuff. And then lead into some of the other things where it shows him getting older and doing his thing behind the scenes where he's, you know, building political power and criminal power, right? And then, of course, Superman shows up. And he sees Superman as an existential threat to humanity because he doesn't want them to... Basically, he doesn't trust an alien. And he doesn't want humans to, beings to depend on an alien. So, I think they could probably do some pretty cool stuff with that if the right person writes it. The screenplay and also if they had the right person directed it and of course the actor matters too then of course you know there's a uh, mr freeze i've heard something about um something in the background about how maybe um one of the producers of the joker movie was thinking about doing or he would like to do an origin story for mr freeze and as long as and of course you know they're not gonna make it anything like you know because this is the big thing is there's always residuals left over even back then i mean honestly i think with the christopher nolan batman movies it's kind of moved us past this point but you always remember batman and robin and the portrayal of mr freeze by arnold schwarzenegger that was miscast if i ever saw one right 
but you know you have this idea where you can do stuff like that but also what if you want to go big you don't have to if you you're playing around with the multiverse right sometimes the characters look like each other and sometimes they're not now they just with cw where they had different versions of superman right so what if they decided to do since it's a multiverse you got michael keaton coming back and you got ben affleck obviously they look different one is like six foot and ben affleck is like six foot four right <laughs> totally different look but then what if they decided to just recast or not recast but just have different actors play certain parts for one-off movies all right what if they could do some kind of a um hell what if they even wanted to do a mini series what if they decided to do like disney plus except their stuff is multiverse right what if they decided to put a little bit of money towards a project and do a movie or even a limited series of injustice right where they have an injustice the you know gods among us like the video game in the comics where basically superman breaks bad lois dies and so he goes and loses his shit right i would watch that so you got a lot of opportunities. I, I'm more excited for DC stuff than I am for the MCU stuff, to be honest. Because I honestly, I already know. I like the underdog. I already know MCU is going to be great. And the thing is, because I know their stuff is kind of going to be great, but at the same time, those characters that I love aren't really there right now. So if Captain America is gone, I mean, I love the other characters. But the thing is... Eh, a lot of the team-up stuff was Captain America or the solo stuff, Captain America and Iron Man. Let's just keep it real. I'll watch the other stuff, but moving forward, I'm more excited for DC stuff, man. But, you know, hey, look, I got to give MCU their props, too, and I got to talk about some pros for them. The cons with DC, though, let me finish up with the cons. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff, but the, the cons are that, well, DC has a lot of rebuilding to do. They're starting to get it right, but keep in mind, I mean, we saw... I mean, I, I thought the theatrical release of Batman vs. Superman was garbage. Alright, I'm just being honest. The three-hour director's cut, I mean, I, why do I have to see a three-hour director's cut when you should have just cut it and edited it great enough to where it should have been good in the theaters? That's just my opinion. You almost should have been bold enough to say, the hell with it, we're going to release, release a three-hour movie, as long as it's great. Because to me, the theatrical cut still has its issue, or excuse me, the um, Batman vs. Superman director's cut the ultimate edition is what it's called right it has its issues but it does fill in a lot of the blanks i think they should have been bold and just released the three-hour movie that's just my opinion but um the cons is yeah they got a lot of world rebuilding man because you know a lot of people saw mcu or the dceu and didn't like it and so now they're like okay um maybe i'll give them a shot because they they showed up for ba um for aquaman wonder woman was good and wonder woman was you know took place right around a time that you know batman versus superman came out and everything and so it came out at a time when you know they were still having issues where the you know basically a lot of critics and a lot of fans were like um oh, i guess so now i think they have a lot of rebuilding but if it's good and they hit those home runs if flash is good but also keep in mind that the the Batman is going to be out uh, in 2022 as well. Um, Wonder Woman 84 is going to be coming out in 2021. In my opinion, I don't think it's going to hit that uh, 25th December of 2020 date. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. So if they hit some home runs, they're going to have more wins than losses post Batman versus, or I say post Justice League. Okay. But especially if the Snyder Cut is awesome as well. We have a lot to look forward to. 
So there's pros and cons, but that's going to be a big thing because people have long memories. But if they got wins, they're good to go. Now, of course, the pros for the MCU side of things is, look, it's the MCU. I mean, they have an established line of credit because most of their movies, I can't, the only movie that I've seen in the MCU that I did not really like, like, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was not as great as the first one, but it was watchable. Then, of course, you had the um, Thor The Dark World. I've never been able to watch that completely through. It's just it's just too slow and too boring and just never really my cup of tea. I would have to force myself to watch it because I, I just don't like it. But they've got a, I mean, uh, unless Kevin Foggy ends up leaving, you know, the thing is, look, he's got a relentless pursuit of quality when it comes to being the executive producer of these movies. And so if Foggy's still on board and he's still making things happen, look, man, they've got a, a very good track record. So this already gives them a pre-established, a pre-established, um, you know, lead on DC. But, you know, I mentioned this earlier because of the big two, Captain America and Iron Man, because they're gone. I, you know, it's not going to say that, you know, the, the quality of these movies are going to go down. But to me, they're just not as going to be as fun with those two leadership characters not around. Okay. So the thing is, this kind of does give them a little bit of a disadvantage because some of these other characters and other movies coming up, I mean, the Eternals, um, Shang-Chi, I mean, they're all right, but I mean, mm, I, they're okay, but I don't look forward to them as far as the, the excitement level isn't there, you know? So I would say, look, man, um, if they if the movies are really good, great. But my thing is this. I think. But something else you gotta keep in mind too is that, you know, this is a big business thing that's getting ready to go down with Sony and um and Disney. I think with this third Doctor Strange movie, I seriously believe that they're trying to do some kind of live-action Spider-Verse type deal, but at the same time, they might do some multiverse stuff where the characters cross over. But I think that Sony's getting ready to take the Spider-Man character back with the licensing agreement. They're going to do a couple of solo Spider-Man films over there with Tom Holland. And then what's going to happen is you might see Tom Holland doing some appearances as, you know, a member of the Avengers, you know, a new, younger version of the Avengers or some of the Avengers... With the established team was left plus, you know, Spider-Man. But they're going to take him and do some solo stuff over at Sony. So my thing is, yeah, that's kind of a big deal when your Spider-Man character, who is a big breadwinner, you know, he's bringing in some money. I still think they made some mistakes with the character. Because they really should have made him solo in his own movies. Iron Man, you know, Jr. in the first one, great. But once that second one came out, I don't... The, the whole idea of Nick Fury and... He, they should have just made it to where he was just fighting Mysterio. Mysterio showed up. He pretended to be a hero from the multiverse. And then there you go. And it turns out he's lying. It should have been Spider-Man versus Mysterio. That's where they dropped the ball. Wasn't a bad movie. But look, man. I mean, the whole time, you know, Spider-Man is taking orders from Nick Fury. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So they dropped the ball because now you have this marquee character this big time character in spider-man that maybe you could have relied on a little bit but now he's getting ready to take his ass over to sony i think that's gonna happen if i'm wrong 
I would be shocked because I think Sony is starting to realize that they want to, you know, a couple of deals here and there. Because keep in mind, I mean, yo, Tom Holland's ass was getting ready to go. I mean, y'all remember about a year or two ago where basically he made the announcement on social media, thanks for everything, Marvel, blah, 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 right? Because the deal didn't fall through. Well, look, they did. They, they're working on this third Spider-Man movie. And once this movie happens, that's it. He's going to go to Sony. And that's it, man. But I think that there's potential to cross everything over because, you know, they're already opening up the idea of a live-action Spider-Verse. Because that movie's going to have Doctor Strange, and you know he's dealing with the multiverse. Not only that, it's got Electro in it. And it's apparently it's the same. I, I did a little research. It's the same Electro that Jamie Foxx played in the, the blue version of Electro in the major Spider-Man 2. Which, look, if he's playing the same Electro, that's multiverse. That's from another dimension, period. So I think they're going to do a multiverse live action type deal to open up the potential of all the Sony-verse and the MCU all existing in the same universe. Some of the characters cross over, some of them won't. I think that's what they're going to do. But Spider-Man is definitely going to have his own solo stuff moving forward for Sony for at least a couple of years. That's just my opinion. All right, final topic of the show. So we got this, uh, my list, because look, nothing in the... 2020 matters anymore so let me go ahead and give you my list of some movies i'm looking forward to you know i'm gonna talk a little bit of why 2021 and this is a funny one because a lot of people don't realize this but we actually they kept it quiet and hush hush and because i have some sentimental just kind of some nostalgia factor with this one number 10 on my list is mortal kombat mortal kombat has a movie there's a mortal kombat movie coming out in january and they kind of kept everything under wraps, you know, but they'll probably be doing a uh, trailer here pretty soon. Or what they might do is because the coronavirus haven't gone away in certain markets where it's open, they'll probably release it in theaters for a while. But then they'll also release it in, um, you know, and in, in streaming as well. Because depending on what their budget is, you know, they might could make it up with streaming if the movie does well. But have some theatrical releases as well, in my opinion, in the markets that are opened up. But, you know, look, I'm not a business guy. But I think streaming is going to be the thing moving forward because a lot of these movie theaters, this could be the end of movie theaters as we know it because yeah, I'm just keeping it real. It's hard to imagine them staying open if they ain't got no big movies. But look, this is the one I was going to talk about. Mortal Kombat is tied with No Time to Die, James Bond. And, and the reason for that is because, look, I'm not saying I have not seen James Bond movies in theaters. It's just that I'm not really huge on the James Bond movies. They're okay to me, but I'm not really a huge, huge over-the-top James Bond fan. So to me, my excitement for that is number 10 over Mortal Kombat because of the fact that I just want to see if they can make it work for modern times and maybe they can build some kind of a franchise off of it. I like Mortal Kombat. The games are awesome. And I know the first two years ago were god-awful, all right? The first one was not complete garbage. It was just riding off of the uh, excitement of the first one. Let's be the, the, the video game. Let's be real. Mortal Kombat 2 was out, I think, around the time that the Mortal Kombat movie came out. Not a great movie, but kind of fun. No Time to Die, like I said, number 10 because I don't have as much enthusiasm for it. Number 9 would be The Eternals from Marvel. The reason The Eternals is number 9 for me is like kind of the same thing. There's a lot of these Marvel properties moving forward that, like, like I said, they're going to be... The excitement level is not that high for them because of the fact that I just don't really have that much excitement for a lot of MCU stuff because of the fact that, um, well, 
you know, um, I don't know, man. It's just if Captain America and Iron Man are now gone, I feel like it's going to be so hard moving forward for them to have just one-up themselves after Endgame. Endgame was so epic. Infinity War and Endgame. I don't know how the hell they're going to be able to top that. So with the Eternals, it looks like they're moving forward into kind of a cosmic space type deal. And so we'll see how it goes. Number eight on my list, we got uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Same thing here. Um, with this one, I heard some kind of stuff about how they're going to do some kind of a, a Ender the Dragon type of Kung Fu a martial arts tournament. So I'm always cool with a cool martial arts character. So, I mean, it'd be great to see it. So I'm going to give it number eight on my list. This was a hard one, number seven, because I kind of thought maybe it should be a little bit higher. But I'm going to tell you, and this is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife, because of the simple fact that I just don't see how they're going to make this a Ghostbusters. To me, it should have had, and look, the, the guy that is, is uh, Jason Reitman, that's the son of the um, original director of the first Ghostbusters 1 and 2 movies, right? The originals. Now, the thing about this is we're, we're keeping it real quiet. But the thing is, one thing I do know is that it looks like the kids that you see are descendants of Egon and Spangler, right? They basically, he was their grandfather. And so they discovered some of his Ghostbusters tech. And the thing is, there's ghost. What's really funny about this, too, is that the, the direction they went with this movie. And, you know, I'll watch it. But the reason it's number seven is because I just can't see how you can make a Ghostbusters movie work where the kids are the main attraction. Because to me, you know, I, look, and I'm, I don't know what they're going to do with this. But to me, no matter what. I think that it almost should have made sense for them to go with some the idea that they've made multiple franchises with Ghostbusters and somehow there's some big threat and there's a new Ghostbusters team in New York. They should have did something like that, loosely based on some of the stuff from the past movies and maybe even some of the stuff from the Ghostbusters video game, which is has a pretty cool story. So I got number seven because I don't see how, you know, with all these original, and I don't expect these older Ghostbusters, the original actors, of course, you know, and you know, rest in peace to uh, Harold Ramis as Egon. I don't expect these guys to be running around with proton packs or anything, but the thing is, I just can't see how they can make this work with kid Ghostbusters. I mean, there's a scene where, you know, apparently I saw a little picture where they had like a little Ecto-1, they're traveling, and it's pictures of them chasing something, and then the doorway opens up and there's like a Ghostbuster, like, you know, there's a chair where you can actually shoot from the chair while you're driving kind of cool but at the same time there's kids so whatever <laughs> i'm just here man number six on the list it's gonna shock some people wonder woman 84 look wonder woman 84 you know it's gonna be cool and everything and i'll watch it but you know the thing is i'm just not excited about a wonder woman movie more so than you know other type of characters in dc but the thing is, I mean, I'm not going to not go see the damn thing because the, the the trailers look pretty hot. And I'll go to show up just because of the fact that I want to see how it all turns up because of the fact that there's some kind of technology. Something happens. either magic or technology to where they brought back Street Steve Trevor. You know, his ass, Chris Pine's ass was dead. He blew up. So somehow magic brought him back. I don't know how they did it, but I look forward to seeing it. Okay, just for that alone, it's like, how in the hell did they pull this off? Let's see it. 
And then number five on the list, Morbius. This is going to be interesting because this is one of those movies that Sony's put together because it's going to be a part of their Venomverse that's going to turn into the Spider-Verse once they bring back Spider-Man because I think it's inevitable that Spider-Man is coming back to Sony and he's going to be in the Spider-Verse over there, right? So the Morbius movie, I mean, the tr trailer came out months ago. It looks like it was going to be pretty good. Be pretty good. And uh, I think it was one of those movies like this year. It was supposed to come out this year, but of course, COVID-19. So I look forward to this movie because the idea of a vampire, you know, he was really sickly and gave him some, some kind of potion. And so now he's a living vampire, but he's like kind of an anti-hero type deal. Look, man, that sounds appealing to me. So, yeah, I look forward to um, Morbius. That's number five on the list. Number four, you know, and I'm going to tell you, I almost probably should have made this a little bit higher because the thing is, this is one of the most anticipated movies to me moving forward with for DC. It's going to be on HBO Max, a four-part story, right? But I, because there's not going to be much happening in 2021, you know, the, the Batman is dropped off the roster. So we're probably going to be in 2021. It's only going to be the Snyder Cut and Wonder Woman 84. I'm more excited for the Snyder Cut, okay? I really want to see because the thing is, you know, and I've heard some other news. I'm gonna probably my next show is gonna probably cover a little bit of this, but you know, they've got Jared Leto, Leto coming back as the Joker, so that should be interesting. So um, we're gonna be talking about that here more in the future, I'm sure. But number four on my list is the Snyder Cut. Number three because you know it's the big goodbye to the character that they might somehow be bringing back, and this is gonna shock a little bit of people. But um, Black Widow. I look forward to Black Widow. It looks like because you know. Scarlett Johansson's character, you know, I kind of like the Black Widow that she's portrayed on screen. And so we're going to see how this movie goes. I wish, honestly, it's kind of sad that they took this long to actually do a solo Black Widow movie because I don't think it's so sad too late or anything, but it's just one of those deals where they could have took advantage of this character way back in 2010 when she first came on the scene for that Iron Man 2, right? They could have took advantage of that and said, let's do a female you know, black ops character, her with um, her own movie, doing some um, secret agent type stuff for S.H.I.E.L.D. and maybe even having Hawkman show up at certain parts because, you know, they're both black ops folks. So I kind of look forward to seeing this. You know, honestly, I think, you know, this is another character. Truth be told, this is, she's not as big as, you know, Captain America or Iron Man. But that's, I didn't even think about that. That's another character that's gone. So this is a prequel movie, but my thing is, look, man, um, maybe they'll somehow find a way to bring her back, too, because that's another reason, I guess, I didn't even think about this, but this is a disadvantage that MCU has, because this character was pretty popular, and she's gone as well. So we'll see how it goes, man. Now, number two on my list, Venom 2. The first Venom movie was not super great, but it was fun. And the thing is, what they realized about the first Venom movie is it was so well-received, it made like $700 million, like something like that, right? And the thing is, it was a really fun movie with a great actor. The, you know, the back and forth between Venom and Eddie Brock, you know, Tom um, Harley, Hardy, right? So my thing is, I'm looking forward to Venom 2 because it's, it's, it's going to be directed by uh, Andy Serkis, uh, all right? Who's also going to be Alfred in this upcoming The Batman movie. So my thing is, 
I look forward to seeing what he can do as a director because he's great as an actor, especially the motion capture type stuff and voiceover stuff he does, right? So, yeah, number two on my list is I want to see how this Venom 2 movie takes off and see what it's all about. Because keep in mind, it has to be great because, like Morbius, this is them building their Spider-Verse universe, whether they know it or not. So they got to make this, they got to bring it. They really do. But number one, and I'm going to get into why it's number one. Because of the fact that the more and more I hear about it, the more and more awesome it's starting to sound is this Spider-Man 3 movie with Tom Holland. And let me tell you why I think this is going to be pretty cool moving forward. Alright, so Spider-Man 3. Why is this on the top of the list? This movie is on the top of the list because of all the stuff that's, you know, kind of was negatives but still is kind of cool and let me give you a little bit of history of all the stuff that's led to this upcoming spider-man 3 that's coming out in like december of 2021 all right sometime in december of um, upcoming next year right so it started off with hearing that jamie fox was coming back and apparently he was playing electro in. once you hear that he's playing electro again that was interesting news in and of itself and it lay it to the breadcrumbs the first couple of breadcrumbs then of course you know now you've got the actual oh so the breadcrumbs have led to the table the table you smell something good you're thinking damn is that steak hmm smells pretty good then you look up and it's like okay the second little the breadcrumb that led to the table now you got um the fact that you're hearing this rumor well no, no you know what before i even get to that Doctor Strange is going to be in this movie. And I'm going to lie to you. When I heard that Doctor Strange was going to be in Spider-Man 3, I didn't like it. Another version of, you know, another movie where it's basically another. And then the thing is, the Hollywood Reporter reported on this, and they basically said the same thing. He's going to be in that mentor status for Spider-Man. It's like, damn, another. Now he's Doctor Strange Jr., right? But here's the thing. Then I'm hearing this rumor about Andrew Garfield coming back. And then they're in talks with Tobey Maguire. So they're trying to do this live, a live action version of the Spider-Verse. And this like, the more and more I hear about it, because they're also going to be having a bunch of villains in this movie, right? So my thing is, if you're going to give us, it's looking like, and this is something I've heard. So I'm, I don't know where the hell I got this from, but this ain't me originally saying this. I'm thinking they're coming out with a Spider-Verse version of Endgame because I think both companies know moving forward that Spider-Man is going back to Sony. So what they're trying to do is both of them are doing a mutually agreed exit for Spider-Man where they both make a gazillion dollars because this thing has the potential to make a billion dollars plus. Three versions of Spider-Man all in the same movie, multiverse. Yeah. I think it sounds pretty cool. It sounds like it's going to be pretty epic. And the thing is, I'm hearing a bunch of different, you know, villains are going to be in it, you know. So my thing is, uh, yeah, man, it's, it sounds like it's going to be pretty damn good. So it's on my number one list for December or for just basically for 2021. I look forward to this more so than any other movie because of the fact that it looks like they're trying to do an in-game, all-out, crazy, maximum effort type movie for Spider-Man. Tom Holland, I think, you know, moving forward, his version of Spider-Man is going to get his just, you know, rewards, you know, right? 
So here in this last part about the Andrew Lincoln, that, that's pretty much all the breadcrumbs. So now you got the steak and then bam, I guess you got everything you need now. I'm looking forward to this movie. So yeah, man, I mean, just talking about it is super exciting because the more and more information I'm getting about this, I mean, we're, it looks like the Sinister Six could probably be in it. They're setting something up. And if they don't have the Sinister Six, then you know what? They'll definitely have it over in uh, Sony. So yeah, man. So that's pretty much the show, guys. Um, tell me what you think if you're watching this. Um, if it's on YouTube, you see it. Tell me what you think in the comment section. Give me a thumbs up and a like and subscribe. Click that bell icon for future videos. If you want, and I got to be honest, I'm not as active on social media as I should be. But if you want to follow me, I'm going to start getting a little bit more active. You can uh, follow me on uh, my YouTube channel. I'm going to put a lot more. Got got some content on there. I'm starting to put more and more content on it, especially since 2021 is going to be a crazy news cycle for movies, right? So you can follow me on my YouTube channel. That's Mr. Jones Speaks. Um, follow me on um, Twitter, CalJones29, right? Um, Instagram, Mr. Jones Speaks as well. And uh, that's it for my main social media. Anything else, I guess I'll announce it. But that's it, guys. Uh... I love this show. This was a good one. Tell me what you think. All right, till next time, guys. Later.